I don't know about you, but um, there's times that I believe God wants to do something. And I believe he wants to do it in every case. It just depends on the believers. It depends on the church. And this little boy believes that if there's enough people praying, if everybody prays, then he's going to see a miracle. Now, that's, that's the 29th. It wasn't too long ago. And I believe there's a church here that believes in prayer. And I believe we're going to lift up today Kyler, who's asking for everybody to pray. So we're going to do that for him today. Now, I know mom has almost given up hope. Did you hear that? And hope, we know where hope comes from. That's not a hope, that's not a hope of mankind, is it? That's a hope from Jesus Christ. That's a hope that makes change. And positivity, positivity is okay, and fun is okay, but hope heals. A hope in Christ heals. So let's pray for Kyler today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've, as I got a hold of this information, Lord, it doesn't even matter if it's here in Canfield or here in Alaska. Father, you hear from your people. And what you want your church to do is, is not give up hope, Lord, to be an avenue of hope. And we believe, God, just like this little, little boy does, if people pray, he can see a miracle. Lord, I don't care what kind of cancer it is. I, I rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care, Lord, who, who is attacked, who's been attacked by this. Lord, all of us have seen cancer. All of us have seen it come and destroy human flesh. Lord, we've seen it happen. But, Lord, as we look at this young child who says in himself, I don't want to die. Lord, we believe that we lift up today, Lord, this church and these believers in this room today, as we set aside everything else and put faith in, in all of our hearts today, and we say, God, I believe in miracles. I believe, God, there's a, there can be a miracle today as we speak this prayer. There can be a miracle that comes in this young boy's life. And let every doctor be profound. Well, I, can't, I can't understand how this can even happen because Jesus does those kinds of things. He's the God of impossibles. And Lord, we believe in the impossibles because we're people of faith. Let cancer leave that body in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Keep an eye on that and keep praying for him. You think about him today, God puts that on your mind. I want you to pray for him and believe that God's going to do something here. What about you? Believe that today? We don't, we don't serve a God that does not hear. We, we hear. He hears everything that we give him. And sometimes it's that he captivates the heart through a little boy to get us to a place where I, I want to see healing. I want to see it come to this boy. So we give it to Jesus. Healing. I want to give you a scripture today. Now to Jesus who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask and think. According to the power that works within his, us, us, the power that works within us through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ to all generations. Do you hear that? What does all mean? What does all mean? It says the power of God that works in us to all generations. There wasn't a stopping point. Jesus puts in us a power to make change, a power in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and ever. And he concludes it with what? So let it be done. Amen. So let's think far beyond. What can God do with you and I? What can God do with, with a faithful congregation of just a few? Maybe there's 67 here. What can God do with that? 
What can you do with your prayers, your personal ones, towards a child who is suffering with cancer? What can he do? We can't even, we can't even think about it. We can't even imagine it, God says. He wants to do more than we can even think or imagine. God is a God who wants to action. He wants us to be men and women of faith. He doesn't want us to waste our time thinking of those things like, oh, woe is me. Get out of the cloud and get in with Christ. We're going to study a, a scripture here. This is an amazing story. So deep. Let's study this with Jesus. It says, when Jesus crossed, had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him. And so he, st- he stayed by the seashore because there were so many people. He could not even get in land. It's like, whoa, he gets out of the boat and says, wow, so many people. I've got to stay right here. I can't even move. Stayed by the seashore. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up. And on seeing him, fell at his feet. This is at Jesus' feet. And implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Now, another, another translation, not translation, but another gospel will say that it was his 12-year-old daughter, his only daughter. His only daughter. My little daughter is at a point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. That's faith. And he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him. And it says that we're pressing in on him. That word mean press means that all sides. Has anybody been in a crowd before, and there was people all around you, and you could not move, and it was like, it was like herding sheep? You can't move this way. You can't move this way. You just go with the crowd, right? And it's frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry. Now, come on, just for a moment. This father of this girl 12 year old girl is dying near death and he comes to he finally gets to jesus falls at his feet jesus is walking with me he's probably thinking this is my cure he is all i need i'm walking with the king he's going to come home and heal my daughter and it says that people are all around now i don't know about you i'd be getting the bat out get out of my way people it's i can get through this my daughter's at home ready to die are you with me fathers are you with me if your daughter's about to die and you're stuck in a crowd, everybody's been in, in, in traffic before, and you've got to get to the next destination, and you're stuck in traffic, you're like, oh, this is frustrating. Are you with me today? So you beep your horn like, yeah, that people are going to move for that. You're just going to get a hand gesture back. So I'm telling you, he's at that place. Here's a father and his daughter. He wants to get through, and there's so many people that said they're pressing in on him. I want to go to war. I want, to get, I want to get Jesus to the house so he can do his thing. Now, you've got to know something. Jesus was, he had decided to go with him. So, let's go on. It says a woman who had what, a hemorrhage, or another says an issue of blood in some translations. For 12 years, she had been bleeding. Now, this kind of bleeding condition would make her an outcast, an unclean woman. And so she was an outcast woman who sees and hears of Jesus. It says here, 12 years and had endured, endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent what? What's it say? She had spent all. There's the word again. All that she had and was not helped at 
you know, I, I got to say this, and I've said this before. Mathematicians in here, all means what? Everything. No argument. It's like Jesus doesn't give us a chance to argue at all. Catch. So, all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she hears about Jesus and what Jesus is capable of doing. She somehow gets through. Now, you got to understand, she was, out, she was an outcast. She was unclean because of her condition. She could not be in the midst of the people. Do you know, it's Old Testament says if a woman's under that condition, she has to, she's unclean. She's supposed to be, well, I'll take care of that, and when you're done, come back. It was one of those things that she could not reveal. And here she was for 12 years, a hemorrhage, could not stop. Spent it all. Got worse. She hears about Jesus. This is my chance. This is my chance. So she gets through the crowd. And what did she, after hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. Had that had been done before, you'll read in God's word, up to that point, it had not been done. It wasn't like this was the, the way to be healed. But after this, you'll see that there has been healing sense by touching his clothing. But here it is. She says, if only, if I just touch his garment, I will. What? If I just touch, if I, he doesn't even have to turn around. He doesn't have to even know I exist. He doesn't even have to turn and lay hands on me. He doesn't have to speak anything. I heard about him. I heard about him. And he's the kind of God that loves. He's kind of Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. He loves me, and he would do anything. All I have to do is just touch his garment. Just the edge. Just the edge. And she gets through and touches the edge. It's an amazing story. Are you guys getting this? gets me fired up because of God's love. He loves us that much. Immediately, immediately, it says what? The flow of her blood was dried up, healed. She felt it in her body. Have anybody felt the, the presence of God in your body? Has everybody felt the healing of God in your body? Oh, I have. Do you guys remember the time that I had my eye, I had a piece of metal in my eye, and I'm on the stage up here, and I had those little kids over there. Do you remember the time when those kids came in here and prayed for me? This, I felt it. And I, I don't care, I stand on this stage right now and I say, Jesus is healing, it's real, it's real. And it's for today. And it's for you, it's for me, it's even for children. Children came in here, surrounded me, laid hands on me, and I felt the warmth of God. It was so hot, I began to sweat. God heals today. And I felt it. I knew it. God loves me. And he wanted to show me his love. And it's funny because I go to the eye doctor. They get this thing out. And believe me, there's needles and all that stuff. And she, I go back and she says, okay, what kind of pain you had? I have no pain. What do you mean you have no pain? What are you talking about? No pain? You, you, you should be on pain medicine or something. You have no pain at all? I have no pain at all. Um, maybe there's a problem here. She wanted to, she, she thought there was something wrong with nerve endings in my eyes. She, she wanted further investigation. I said, no. My church prayed for me. Not only did my church pray for me, the kids prayed for me. And it's a done deal. It's done. She's like, what? Your kids pray for me? Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't take a scientist to pray. It takes a child of faith to pray. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And she felt it in her body that she had been healed. 
of her affliction. Her what? Affliction. Keep things in the right category. Her affliction. There's many people in here that have afflictions. My wife and my daughter have been afflicted with diabetes. Afflicted. I want people to keep in the right context. My wife and my daughter are not diabetics. Do you understand what I'm saying? I will not accept labels. You guys are you're getting this. They are perfectly, wonderfully, fearfully made. And they are afflicted in this season of life. Afflicted with disease. Anybody here have something today that the doctor says, this is yours. There's an idea that you are not a diabetic. You're not a diabetic. You are a beautiful young lady that is afflicted by a disease. Does anybody have this in the right context? We don't accept. It's not like we become something different because a disease comes on us and now this is who I am now. This is who I have to deal with now. This is, this is my new label because I don't know about you, the Bible teaches me that all things become all things become new. All things pass away and all things become new. See, I think it comes down to how we accept those things and I don't know about you, Old Testament, you saw very well that the Old Testament teaches that there's times that illness would come upon somebody for what? For some of their sin. Leprosy came on Miriam when she sinned against God, against Moses. Do you understand? So that was a punishment. And I don't know about you, but New Testament tells me that a Christ came. Jesus came. And he says, I took the stripes on my back that you today can be healed. All people that came to Jesus were healed. Now, some people, well, this, I prayed and prayed and nothing's happened. That's why we're in the healing study. We will study all the things that Jesus did. And by the end of the time of reading about Jesus' healings, I pray and I know we will be at a different place. Does that make sense? A different place because Jesus wants to show us by those and literally, the Bible says if we recorded all of his miracles, we would not have enough volumes to contain them on earth. So if he says, these are the ones I'm going to tell you, then it must be something in these ones. I have to believe that. And it says immediately the, the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately Jesus perceiving in himself, listen, listen, that the what is it? That the power, the King James Version says, the virtue, the virtue, the power proceeding from him, it came out of him. It came out of him. He did not see her. It wasn't like he touched her. It's not like he commanded it out. It says that power, when she touched him by faith, the power out of Jesus or the virtue out of Jesus came and healed her. The virtue was released by her what? Faith. Who touched? He says, who touched my garments? Jesus didn't have to know. He was God. He's, who touched my garments? And of course, the disciples are all around him. Remember, where was he at? He was in the crowd doing this, okay? 
He was stuck in this crowd. The woman finally gets through and touches him. And the disciples, when he asks his questions, they freak. Jesus wanted to teach. They're freaking. Jesus is teaching. Who touched my garments? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd? <laughs> it's got to be Peter who said this. It's got to, you know, he's just the guy who would always say these things. <laughs> and you're going to tell Jesus that? Whoa, dude, I'm glad it's the beginning of your trip with him and not near the end. You see the, cra- you see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, who's touched me? He, <laughs> and he looked around to see the woman. Peter, it's got to be. Don't you think it was Peter? <laughs> Jesus, don't you see? There's everybody touching you. You're elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder. There's people breathing on you. There's people spitting on you. They're all over your place. They're all over you. And you say, who touched me? Do you get the context? Every one of those touching Jesus could have been. Everyone who touched Jesus could have been everyone that was touching him could have been but she the only one the only one and the disciples well I don't know you're saying something happened here but you know what they're all around this man this guy has no deodorant on I mean this is crowded this is just crazy Lord and you say who touched me that's just Jesus is amazing. Wouldn't you like to walk with him just for a moment? Just for a second. Say, Jesus, just, I just want to walk with you. You're just incredible. You say the right things. You ask the right things. Oh, three years, and they take people from fishermen to people who lay down their life. Three years. Put men from leaving everything to places where men would lay down their life for everything. Fishermen who did it in three years. Just because of that kind of stuff. Who has done this? And the woman, but the woman fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, she knew that Jesus healed her, came and fell down before Jesus and told him the truth, the whole truth, the whole truth, because Jesus wanted to teach. He knew when the power left his body and the virtue went to her, he knew that she was healed. He didn't have to wonder who it was. He knew who it was at that very moment it happened. But he wanted to teach you and me. Now listen, here's where it all happens. If you want to know what healing's about, you read into his healings and study those. This is the teaching part. He had her confess everything. Her whole life of struggle, her whole life that she did not believe in anything but the doctors. Spend it all, every last penny. I've got it. This is the only way. And she's getting worse. This is the only way. Here's money. This is the only way I can become healed. This is the only way. And I don't know about you, there's been times even in my life when something's happened to me and I don't go to Jesus first. I go to someone else. Are we this? Are we together on this? How many times when something comes, we say, even when it comes to headaches and fevers, tell me that we just don't go to the medicine cabinet, that we just don't go to the doctor first. And then after the doctor visit and the doctor tells you what you have, then you, then you might think about praying. Or maybe you're going to take your medicine first. And then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? And I, I hate to say this. 
but we are walking with Jesus, we're touching him all the time, and we're not healed. We're not healed because we're so close to him, and he's by my side, he's closer than a brother, and I'm walking with him in this big crowd, and you're never receiving any virtue because you have no faith in that. And that hurts. We must always go to Jesus first. Go to the king first. And she did something no other person has ever done before. And that was to touch the hem of his garment. God, if I just, Jesus, if I just touch your garment, I will, she says it, I will be made whole again. She was never shown that. Jesus never said it. See, that's the key. That releases what you need. It's that kind of healing. You don't have to see it before. You don't have to see it happen at this church and say, oh, because it happened there, oh, I just need to chase after that, that minister, that, that, the healer. I just need to chase after him because healing comes through him. And you've been walking with the Savior, walking with him, and crowded, touching, and never received. Faith will release that what you're looking for. Listen to him. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She witnessed it all, and the disciples get to her at all. And he said to her, daughter, daughter, love that. Your faith, your faith has made you well. The key to release what she needed was faith. And by faith, virtue left Jesus and came into her. The power of Jesus will always heal because Jesus did it by the stripes on his back to heal all disease. Does that make sense? That's what the word's saying. Faith will release it. What does faith look like? Faith is not on what things have happened. If you say, well, I have to see it to believe it, or I've got to see someone else heal of that. I've never, seen a, I've never seen a boy with that kind of cancer in 10 days. He's taken from this condition, totally healthy, to 10 days later, barely able to talk. And what people will say, oh, like the mom would say, we don't know the cards dealt to us. We don't know how many hours we have left. <laughs> like, we should treasure every hour because my son's about to die. She had lost faith even as she had it. Faith releases your miracle. You don't have to see it before. You don't have to be convinced of it. Jesus says, I will do it. By compassion, he loves you. Jesus is a close God. He's walking with you. He's never leaving you or forsaking you. He is walking with you. And by touching him and by faith, you will see what you need. That's what the word is telling us. Well, let's go back to the man. After all that, I don't even know how long it took. It could have been 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half hour. Here's a father who has a dying daughter at home. And finally, he says, while he was still speaking, as Jesus was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue officer, saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue officer, he said, do not be afraid. You just got news. You just got news. You got news of a cancer. You got, just got news. Do not let fear enter the picture. Don't let it enter the picture. You got it? Do not be afraid any longer. Now, <laughs> I, I did the math again. 
I know what all means. You, got, you know what all means, right? What does any longer mean? Do not be afraid any longer. You got teachers in here. Is there, is there 90% to that? A 90-10? 80-20? No fear. And I don't know about you, there's a, there's a trustworthy scripture, if that ever enters in your mind. It says, perfect love will what? Cast out. And maybe at that moment when Jesus spoke those words to that man, Jairus, listen to me. Fear no longer. And by that, spoken of Jesus, it said that fear, perfect love, cast out. And I don't know about you, I know who perfect love is. And he goes by name above, above all the names. The kind of name that today is used in swearing. And people don't realize when you swear that name, you use the Lord's name in vain. By doing that, you've taken away even the possibility of your miracle. By that same name, the same one I know, the perfect love, he can cast out all fear. By the power, the virtue he gives us. Perfect love cast out all fear. Do not be afraid any longer, but only, only believe. So fear and belief. Fear gone, only believe. All belief, no fear. Can you do that in your sickness today? Your affliction today? Fear gone. Hey, let faith, let belief rise. I believe in your word, God. I believe what it says. You don't mess around, Jesus, when you spoke it in these examples. You're trying to build faith in me that fear will leave my body and faith will rise in my body. Right now, fear leave, faith rise, I believe. And as that happens, as fear leaves and as faith rises, you will receive your miracle today. You will receive it today. What you've been praying for, what has almost got you trapped and shackled, God loves you. He has not, he has not forsaken you. He's remembered every single prayer. But he's waiting for you. It's not God's fault when healing doesn't come. Stop blaming him. It's not his fault. It says, your daughter's died. No trouble. Don't trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, overhearing what had been spoken, said to the synagogue officer, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him. <laughs> Except who? Peter, James, and John. His three the three musketeers. And so he's his closest clan. You need a close clan. If you're walking with Jesus today, you need some closeness with people of God. He grabbed his three companions. Now, he had 12. One of them was a little bit mixed up. Judas was a little mixed up. But he had his 12. And he said, you know what? You three are coming with me. The rest of you, stay here. And he takes that. Now, I want you to know something. There's times that Jesus wants to do a miracle, and you need to set the environment. There's a time when Jesus says, I'm ready to do that, and you need to set the environment. I want you to get rid of everybody in your life at this moment that's going to say, I don't know, Jesus. I don't know. That's a tough one. Make your environment conducive of great faith. And he says, you three, come with me. And he said, no one else came except them. Let's go on. You guys give me what, how much time we got to. We got to finish this. And he said, they came to the house of the synagogue officer, and he saw a commotion. Jesus saw a commotion, the people loudly weeping and wailing. 
and, he, and entering in, Jesus said to them, Why make all this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but only, what, is asleep. And when the people heard that, in that room, they're wailing, they're having a, they're, it's the death of this child, this, this 12-year-old child is dead, this girl, young girl, and we're weeping and wailing, and this Jesus comes in and says that she's sleeping, and what they do, it says, but putting them out, it's, no, the child is not dead, but it's asleep. They, they began laughing at Jesus. They began laughing at him. Oh, you're asleep. She's not, there's no breath in her lungs. She's dead. We know that. We've seen dead people before, Jesus. Now, can't convince us otherwise. She's not sleeping. And began laughing at Jesus. But putting them out. <laughs> I love that. I don't know how nicely he did that. I, I don't know. I know what he got. He got angry about his father's house when he, they tried to make it into a den of thieves. He got really angry with that. And he put together a little whip. And he got in there and started turning over money changers' tables and, and shoot them all out of the temple and said, as far as this house of God, it will be a house of prayer. Jesus can get a little stoked up. Jesus loves you. He's a great, loving God. But he is still a just God. And he takes care of business. Now, I don't know about you what that looked like in that house. We've got a bunch of wailing people crying and laughing now. They went from crying to laughing, okay? And he says, enough of this. All of you out. And without authority, everyone left the room except for what? He took along his child, the child's father and mother and his own companions, the three, James, John, and Peter. He says, this is the crowd I want. This is all we need in here. We got the atmosphere of faith. This is where it happens. He took along and it says he entered the room where the child was. And what do you think happened? You guys know the story? It's an amazing story. And so let's go on to the end of this. It says taking the child by the hand. Jesus did not have to say much, did he? He didn't have to say, oh, he didn't need to touch. He didn't even teach at this moment. He says, you three guys, my guys have been hanging with me. You stay right here, mom and dad right here, and I'm going to show you what to do. I'm going to walk over to this child, and as I reach out my hand, he's going to take her by the hand. And he says this. Talitha? Whom? And I love it because in translation, those who, who made it in English said, we don't want to touch that. We'll keep it just like it is. And then we'll, just, we'll tell you in English what it means. Now about you, that, that, did they do that in the Bible all the time, in the English translation? So as God opens up this English translation to us, it says in this particular moment, he says, no, we have to use the exact words of Jesus in his language right here. And what that language is can't be messed with. Something happened in that language. Something was spoken forth in that language. And basically what that means is, little girl or little maiden, get up. Little girl, arise. You hearing it today? Arise. Arise. No longer sleeping. Now arise, I don't know about you, I get, I get a little stoked up when I hear arise. Christ saying arise. Arise, church, for your light has come. Rise, your light has come. For the glory of the Lord has rised upon you. There's something about that that's, that's amazing. Jesus tells you to rise. Little girl, I'm going to take you by the hand, and you're going to rise. 
And it says here, immediately the girl got up and began to, to walk for she was 12 years old. And, and immediately they, they were completely astounded. And he gave them strict orders <laughs> that no one should know about this. And, and he said that something should be given to her to eat. Now, I don't know her condition, but obviously it had a lot to do with eating. She's walking. She's fine. Get her something to eat. Well, that must have blew the way the parents. And so, what does this speak to you? How, how does this story speak to you today? I mean, are you facing something? Uh, to me, it's like Jesus got, he's got this treasure inside of these words for you and I. And so he takes her by the hand and says, get up. Little girl, get up. Arise. Get her something to eat. But he tells him, don't tell anybody. How about you? But Jesus, I, you're this radical guy. And wouldn't you like to keep those people laughing at you in the same room? Wouldn't you want them to be sitting right there as it happened and you go, told you so? Wouldn't you? That, that's, that's a little bit of flesh in me. Saying, well, Jesus, that you, you would want them to know. And can you imagine this young girl running around who was dead? It said the spirit came back into her. It came back into her body when he said, rise. And so to me, what, what this does for me is, I don't know about you, I think that the news would travel very quickly, wouldn't it? She'd come running out, and those people who were just laughing would go. Is this the same girl that we just... And then this whole story, and yet he tells his disciples and the mom and dad in the room, just don't tell anybody. Just tell nobody. And so isn't it amazing what Jesus is capable of doing? How about you today? Are you faced with anything today? Let's pray. I believe that's the end of the story for this time. Next week we'll have something else. We're going to understand healing, aren't we? Aren't we going to get to a place that we'll understand what faith does? When we get to place what atmosphere says, maybe in this room right now, we have enough faith in this room to see a miracle. What do you think? Maybe there's somebody in this mix here that's, that's kind of laughing at Jesus. Maybe you've been laughing, thinking, have you ever said this? Well, I guess this condition is it's just, just, just mine. Maybe in a place that faith has, has found its way out of your life. And, and this, this is time to turn it around. This is a time of faith and see what God is capable of doing. Sometimes we have to set the environment for Jesus to do. Sometimes faith releases virtue in to take care of your issue. But Jesus will heal. He took the stripes to do so. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that what you want to do today in this place. I don't know if there's anybody in this room today that's been facing something. Maybe, maybe it's far more than they want to even share. Maybe they've given to a place of hopelessness. Maybe, maybe it's not that they laughed at you, Jesus. Maybe, maybe they got to a place that says, this just can't be done. It's, I prayed about it, and I just don't see it. But fear has never really left their mind. All fear, if you only believe, all fear leaves, and belief rises. Father, thank you for your word today. May it teach us and guide us in the truth. May your spirit guide us into a place that we can be better equipped to handle those things when it comes to healing and the healing power of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray.